It's completely impossible to be able to magnetize money your way when you're hyper-focused on quote-unquote bad things that happen to you and in the world. And I am going to have a really serious conversation today. It's going to be quite spiritual, maybe triggering to some people, um, probably controversial and also absolutely necessary to talk about and purely coming from my heart. I'm open to all kinds of conversations that come up from this, but I think it's so important to have these conversations about what to do when bad things happen. I live in Boulder, Colorado, as you know, and last week we had a shooting at our local grocery store. It's a store that I've been to hundreds of times. I used to live in that neighborhood for, I don't know, over 10 years. My kids have hung out there at lunchtime after school. Uh, you know, Boulder community goes there for hikes. Um, it's just like this central hub spot, and Boulder really isn't a very big town. So it's when something like this happens, it hits the whole community really hard in any place that something like this happens. And I've been meditating, crying, you know, my version of praying, talking to people, and really leaning into what it means when these types of things happen. And I, what I want to do today is bring to you a combination of my history of learning. So, you know, I was raised as a fundamentalist Christian, so I've got this pretty intense Christian background of thinking about good and evil forces. You know, then I got a psychology bachelor's, then I have a PhD in sociology. I studied crime and gender for my dissertation research. Uh, then I moved into Demartinian philosophy and quantum physics and trying to understand the, the meaning of love and consciousness. Like that is my quest in life. One of my biggest lifetime quests is to be love. I'm probably going to cry <laughs> a lot during this episode today because <sighs> it's so deeply embedded in my heart to be a force of love. And when things like this happen, it's hard to understand. Um, one of the victims in the shooting was my daughter's friend. She saw him last, you know, the week before. And, you know, there's just, I don't know everybody that was a victim. I don't know the shooter. And I still just sit in this place of love. Like, we need to bring a force of love into the world that's so powerful that these things... <sighs> That these things don't happen, which is an unrealistic expectation ultimately. <laughs> so what really it comes down to is our perspectives on how to respond when these things happen. And that's really what I want to talk to you about today. So, you know, we've got that Christian take where we could look at it as a force of good and evil, or we could come from this really Christ-like place. I don't know if you're religious or not. I'm not religious anymore, but it's definitely something that's been embedded into me since I was a child is that I, <laughs> my doorbell's ringing in the middle, how funny, <laughs> never had that happen before. Um, I, I, that idea of, of love, right? Like if you have never done anything wrong in your life, go ahead and cast the first stone. 
that's not the way that it works, right? We've all done things. We are not the worst thing we've ever done. If you've read Just Mercy or watched that movie, one of his famous quotes is, we are more than the worst thing we've ever done. And it was something that that was the founding introduction to my dissertation where I did life history interviews with incarcerated men who had a horrible history of trauma, like just movie-like awful things that happened in their childhood. They were drawn into gangs and then spent on average 18 years incarcerated and then they were in this rehabilitation program. And I stepped into that research thinking I was gonna try to understand why men are so violent because I wanted to understand violence against women and girls, which was a huge quest for me because it's things I've experienced in my past, things I see a lot of Native American women experiencing. They're one of the most marginalized populations and have really high rates of violence and crime and just really the statistics are just startlingly sad and so I thought you know I want to step in and I want to understand why men are so violent and what I came out to realize was that men are violent because there's a cycle of violence occurring and they had themselves experienced a lot of trauma a lot a lot of trauma as kids and that you know they weren't doing these things out of a place of just ill will. <laughs> we, as a sociologist, I really look at the social context of how things happen from a macro system. And then as a coach and consultant teaching manifestation, I often think about how our outer world is a reflection of our inner world and we have the power to change that. So some of these things feel contradictory and I've grappled with them over the course of my life. And I come to the conclusion that they actually are all built on each other and they can all be integrated when we look at it through the eyes of love. And the reason I say that is because, you know, if you really look at the, the most spiritual teachings across the board of all different spiritual texts, all different religions, the message and meaning is love right? We look at sociologists who are trying to understand the macro systems of oppression. Really what we're trying to get to is equally loving everyone, right? Love again. Uh, when we think about psychology and we're trying to understand why people do what they do and why their brain works the way that the, it works, what's the ultimate purpose there? We want to get along. We want to connect. We want to feel good in our bodies. You know, as a behavioral scientist, one of the quests of behavioral science is often to optimize yourself. And why do we want to optimize ourselves? Because we want to feel good and we want to do good and we want to be good and we want to have more that feels good to us. You know, ultimately we're animals and we live by the pleasure pain principle. So when I think about a situation like this, well, actually, let me add the layer then of gender, right? So we have a society, at least in U.S. culture, where we, we train boys from a young age to suppress their feelings, and we train men to be tough. And things are changing somewhat, um, but one of the things that I discovered in my research was that, you know, it was upwards of 90% of the men had experienced physical abuse, definitely emotional abuse, verbal abuse, a good percentage of them. It's been a while since I did this research. So it was in the 60% range had experienced sexual abuse. I mean, it was like intense levels of them being experienced, them being exposed to violence and trauma themselves. And when they shared their stories with me, they, they would cry and say, thank you so much for listening to my story and my history and my childhood because I've never shared this with anyone. And, and I'm talking like, it, it changed my life. It changed me from the inside out and had me realize that everything I had been judging was wrong and that my perceptions of the bad, the, if, you're, if you're not watching this, I'm putting this bad in quotes, is a perception. 
And you have to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Viktor Frankl talks about this in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. He encourages people, he has a really great quote and it's pretty long, so I can't, I'm not gonna be able to quote it off the top of my head, but he talks about our ability to respond in the moment of crisis. So in those transitional moments, how do you respond instead of react? So when bad things happen, it is a call for you to slow down and to see how you can respond differently instead of react. Now, of course, we have like our animal automatic response of, you know, for example, my daughter's friend who was a victim in the shooting respond, he reacted by being a hero in the situation and trying to help people get out of the store. I mean, that's like an animalistic response where we go into fight, flight, freeze. And that's awesome that he did that because he probably saved lives. And that's something that's admirable and awesome. Now, when we're looking at an event that's something that happens that's bad afterwards, then we get to actually slow down and take the time to see how we are going to react to the situation. And in this, this is what might be somewhat controversial for you. I choose love. You know, I look at the shooter and I go, I don't know what was going on in his life or in his mind, but clearly it wasn't something great. You know, clearly he had things going on that were not healthy, that were not sound. And that was his best solution at the time. And, you know, I, I know this because of, of the people that I've gotten to work with who, you know, they did really atrocious things and that later they, they, you know, they didn't die. They got incarcerated and over the years they under, started to understand how to do things differently because they got to be socialized in a different way after prison, of course. This prison socialization is pretty much just more violence. So I know this is controversial. I, I My love goes out to the families of the victims, to the victims, to the shooter, to the shooter's families, to everybody involved, because it's, it's a moment for all of us to ask ourselves how we can spread more love in the world, how we can be a light in the world, how we can shine our light, share our love, and respond with love. That's really what I think. And you don't have to agree with me, but my take on this comes from this place of how do we raise the frequency of the planet into a state of care and, and, and community and seeing that we're all the same and seeing that we're all one. You know, all of the violence that occurs in the world is because we try to distance ourselves from people who we think are bad or wrong, right? So we're placing a layer of projected judgment onto them and thinking, you are different from me and you're bad and I'm different from you and I'm good. You're wrong, I'm right. You're bad, I'm good, which is a false belief because in the ultimate spiritual sense, we're all the same. And we all come from the same source. Whatever that is to you, we all come from the same source. Even people who do per per perceptually bad things, right? And I look at them as a catalyst for, for love, right? Like we think about what happened after this event where people were brought together in love. And, and it's it, you can see it as sad that that this had to happen in order to have that happen and that is true I, you know again my heart goes out to to the the victims in the situation and their families and I want to choose a place of love and I want us to lean into how we can be a light in these moments so that those are the thoughts and feelings and beliefs that I have and that's what's that's what's I choose to spread in the world 
Um, you know, everything I put into the world, you know, I have a real playful company name, NFA No Fucking Around. And to me, it's also no fucking around love. It's like, I am not fucking around about raising consciousness of myself and the people around me and choosing love as as much as I possibly can. Like, I mean, my greatest quest is to love, be a source of love for all things, right? And I want to heal through love. I want to help through love. I want to inspire through love. And of course, the money part is a fun game. Like you, you get to be free as you earn money and you can't make more money if you're in a place of hate. I mean, you can, but that's not true. <laughs> you can attract money your way in your business, even hating certain things, but you're not gonna feel whole and you're not gonna enjoy the, the life that you're creating if you're living also in a place of hate. Because whatever, you know, if there's a, some little part of you that's really hating a population of people, you have a block that's going to keep going. You might be able to make millions of dollars. Sure, people do it all the time. You know, money to me is just a magnifier of who you are. So maybe you're mega wealthy and you're a greedy asshole. You know, do that, be that. This conversation probably isn't one you're going to want to listen to anyway. If you're a person who's mega wealthy and you spread love, think about the power of that. So I want like a tribe of NFA badass people who are in the world making a ton of money, spreading love, raising the consciousness of the planet, loving themselves, shining their light and being a gift to the planet, being a gift to the world, being a gift to their children, to their partners, to society at large, you know, that's my inspiration. <laughs> and so when things like this happen, I want to give you some steps that I go through in order to process, you know, when those quote unquote bad things happen, I really work to balance out the perspective and go, what's the bigger picture that I can't see at this moment, because I have my wimpy human brain that can't see the full divine picture. And that's what I want us to try to do to the best of our human capabilities so that we can step in a higher resonant frequency of love and spread that in the world. That's what I'm a warrior of. That's what I'm a believer in. And if you're hanging with me, join me in that belief system so you can be someone who impacts the world in a really positive way. So here's some action steps. First, allow yourself to feel what you feel. Don't beat yourself up for how you feel. Let yourself cry. I mean, I've cried multiple times in the last few days and just felt what I felt and processed what I felt. I don't didn't suppress it. I'm not trying to hide it. You know, it's just, just sit with it. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel afraid. It's okay, all of these things that it brings up. It's okay, lean into those feelings, allow them to be felt. And, and that's your first step. So. Allow yourself to feel what you feel. Then move to that next level and get curious about your reaction and make the, the response the, and respond consciously by asking these following questions. So remember I was talking about Viktor Frankl who, you know, we're thinking about the difference between responding and reacting. Reacting is our animalistic, our animalistic automatic autopilot behavior. Respond is a conscious choice. Okay, so once you get, you move through some of your feelings and you're allowing yourself to feel them and you're calming down and you're getting in a place of executive center instead of monkey mind that just wants to attack and kill and be angry and hurt and get revenge, that's animalistic, 
right? That's archaic and animalistic and, and we don't want to be in that space. As consciousness raising people, we want to choose to respond. So when you respond to something, you got to slow down and you've got to sit with it and you've got to allow yourself to feel the way you feel and then you take action in a direction, okay? So I want you to, to get curious about your reaction. Just notice it and just be like, wow, I feel really angry. I feel really upset. I feel hurt. I feel afraid. I feel threatened. I feel... D hopeless, disempowered, confused, frustrated, like all those things that these kind of events tend to bring up. And, and we could be talking about a big cataclysmic event. We could be talking about COVID. We could be talking about a fight with your partner. Um, you know, this is a good process to go through, a useful process to go through, no matter what the bad thing is. Um, so get curious about your action and then choose to consciously respond by asking these three things. First, how can I see where I am just like the person I'm judging? Okay, so whoever you perceive as having initiated this quote unquote bad thing, how can you start to own some of the parts of what they are? Because we're all the same. I know this is probably one of the hardest things and I know that they're, I'm going to probably get some kickback here because people are like, are you crazy? I'm not a murderer, right? Where have you had murderous thoughts? Where have you been so helpless and confused that you wanted to take your own life? That's murder. Where have you, well, I don't, know, I don't want to say that exactly, but that's, that's taking a life, right? It's ending a life, okay? So where have you felt so hopeless that you didn't know what to do? I mean, I've been suicidal before. So, you know, whatever was going on in the gunman's head, who knows, right? It, it could be hopelessness, scared, anger, frustration. I, I don't know exactly, but I would imagine those things were going on and that was his animalistic solution to it, right? So I want you to think, where have I made decisions and done things that felt out of control that could have ended a life? Maybe you've got drunk driven before. Maybe you've, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Where have you been careless with your body? Where have you, I could come up with a lot of examples, but I want you to start owning some of that so that you're not judging other people so harshly. So that question again is, how can I see where I am just like the person I'm judging? And, and just start to own some of that so that you're not judging so harshly other people. Because when you blame other people, you lose your power to transform yourself and transform the situation. And when you only see it as a black and white thing, like they are like this and I am like this, it spreads more hate in the world. And it's, it, you know, we want to go like, oh, people are so, we, it's funny, like in sociology world, you know, there's a lot of talk about equality and racism. So let's just use racism and as, as an example. It's like, the people that you're judging so harshly who are racist, you're judging them in a negative way. So you're just adding fuel to the fire instead of sending love and trying to understand and going, huh, where and how am I just like this? You can change people's perspective a lot more easily by trying to get to a place of understanding the humanity inside of all of us instead of trying to continue the divide of hate and separation. So it's a powerful force and it's, I will say it's not easy to do, but when you do it, your life will absolutely change. Um, a good book resource here is uh, Byron Katie, um, Loving What Is, awesome book. Demartini's work, completely grounded in this. He teaches, I'm trained in his method, the Demartini method, and it's about how balancing, balancing out your perspectives to see all sides and the divine synchronicity in every situation. So come hang out with me and talk to me if you wanna know more about that. It completely changes your perception and your ability to love and see all things in a new light so that you can stop judging harshly. Um, 
Carl Jung talks about how, I can't remember the quote exactly, but he says, uh, the way you judge other people and how you react to what they're doing says more about you than them. So learn from how you're judging and start to change within. Um, number two, now ask yourself, what are the blessings and benefits that have come from this situation? It could be this person or this situation. What are the blessings and benefits that have come from this situation? So you're going to start to balance out your perspective and go, huh, in all things, there are both bless there are both benefits and drawbacks in all things. There are benefits and drawbacks. It's the equalizing force of the planet. It's a universal law and it's hard to see when you're in it, it, it you know, especially if you're very directly affected by the situation it can be hard to see but i promise you in the years to come if you do the work to see that or and you can do this in the moment or you can let it affect you negatively for years i've learned to do these things quickly in a way that allows me to experience the feelings and feelings and then see the perceptions shift and then help the people in the situation by sending love because I'm no longer hypercharged by it. When we're in a state of hypercharge in a negative way, we can't help anyone else because we're consumed by our negative thoughts and that sends negativity out, which is not helpful to, to lift and transform the situation. Then number three, how can I send love to the people and or situation? So how can I send love to the people or situation? So I'm going to recap these real quick. So what to do when bad things happen? You first allow yourself to feel what you feel. Then you get curious about your reaction. Just notice it, label it, and then choose to consciously respond by asking these three questions. How can I see where I'm just like the person I'm judging? What are the benefits? What are the blessings and benefits that have come from the situation and three how can i send love to the people and or the situation if you do this you will completely transform your inner world and you will be able to send love to the people around you and you will be able to be a guiding light and a strength and a, and a rock in the situation instead of someone who contributes to the negativity and spins out of control and has it running your life and your your everything in a really negative way so that's what I wanted to bring to you today. I am sending all of you so much love and light. I'm grateful you're here. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that we get to change the planet together, share our message and our meaning, increase our wealth through loving the planet, through shining our light and bringing our gifts to the world. So until I see you next time, I'm sending you super big hugs. NFA money making high fives and I'll see you next week. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to or watching this episode and for being a part of the NFA family. You are why I do what I do. If you're liking what you're learning here on Max Potential Money, you will definitely want to go to www.nfamoneymasterclass.com to learn about the number one deadly money mistake all entrepreneurs make. Again, that's www.nfamoneymasterclass.com. Until next time, remember to be NFA today.